Welcome to Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam, a podcast about navigating adolescence without losing our minds. Each week, I guide you around the teenage landmines with practical tips, simple solutions, and words of encouragement. I'm your host, Dr. Cam. Let's get on with the show. And welcome to another episode of Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. I'm your host, Dr. Cam. And today I'm talking with Deborah Rosen and Lindsay Thomas, the owners of The Study Pro, which is an executive function and study skills center in McLean, VA. At The Study Pro, Debbie and Lindsay work with students to help them better manage the process of school. This means helping students become better planners, time managers, initiators, organizers, and completers of work. Most students aren't taught these skills, yet they are so deeply needed to be successful at school and throughout their careers. Welcome, Debbie and Lindsay. I am so happy to have you guys here. Thank you so much. We're so happy to be here. I am sure there's lots of parents excited that you are here because everything everything I just listed are things that we're all struggling with. Me too, as a parent of a teen, right? So, Start off by telling us, how did you guys get into doing the study pro? Well, I'm so glad you asked that. And I'm also struggling through the end of school year. Go 30 more days or whatever (laughs) it's going to take. So um, I'm parents of tweens and teens. So appreciate um, all of this conversation. Uh, It really started with the fact that my son struggled with all of the things that you just listed. Mm -hmm. And um, he is now 21. So there is a bright light at the end of all of these tunnels. He is in college and doing well after a lot of intervention and support with executive function. Um, But, you know, he really struggled at school and we found that what kids really needed was to wrap them with structure for their brain that wasn't quite developed yet in terms of the executive function. They had a hard time getting started. They had a hard time maybe keeping going, rushing through work. I mean, all of the same challenges that we all have as parents, uh, missing work. And sometimes what we really needed was to teach them the skills explicitly, have them practice the skills, which we are sitting here in our homework center and what we do here. Um, And also then sometimes have specific support with folks uh, like Lindsay and the other coaches that we have. So that's why we created Study Pro because there really wasn't anything like that. And I kept for, you know, 15 years wishing that we had a center like this. Thank goodness we do now. Thank you. <laughs> so, what type of things, let's talk about executive functioning for a second for parents that aren't exactly clear on what that is and why teens struggle with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll kind of jump in here. I, I, as a special educator, I got really excited when I started to learn more about executive function and how the frontal lobe develops, because part of my job was always to try to find the right solution or the right remedy to help the behaviors that I was seeing from our students. And some of the behaviors the parents are seeing right now are the missing work, or they're not getting started, or just doing the bare minimum just to try to scrape by in those last 30 days. And those are the behaviors we can see, but really what's behind that is the missing skill of executive function, which is the last part of your brain to develop in that frontal lobe part of your brain. And it's developing into your mid twenties. So it's developing all through that time when they're in school through adolescence. So they're expected to use that part of their brain before it's fully developed. Mm. So 
what we do here at the study pro is help the kids also identify what is the skill that i need and then what are some strategies to help make it easier what can make it easier to get started it's not just that they have to want to do work or want to do well in school they really do but what they do need is the tool to be able to make getting started a little bit easier that is so important and i think um a lot of parents we try to motivate by like just just do it it's not it's not that big a deal if you just started it you'd be done like you're wasting so much time so what's going on with our kids because you just said it's not that they don't want to do it so much and they definitely don't want us nagging them i mean nobody wants that so what is going on and what can parents do to help well, I'll actually start that and then I'll turn it over to uh, the dynamic, the other part of the dynamic duo. But I mean, I want to emphasize what you're saying. And one of the things that I've learned in this journey is that most of the things that we really say out of our own anxiety end up being wrong. And not because we're purposely trying to say something wrong, but because when we ask our kids, do you have homework? Have you gotten started? Have you studied for your test? The real challenge is they don't necessarily know how. And they want to do that but they get like drug into this deep, dark playground <laughs> of places that are their phones or YouTube or other things. And what we really wanna do, as Lindsay said, and she'll um, extend is, is to give them that strategy so that when we're saying, okay, instead of saying, you know, hey, do you wanna, you know, have you gotten started? Really help them with getting started. So I'll, I'll turn it over to her for some of the strategies. Please. That's exactly it. And Dr. Cam, what you said about the just, that's such a magic word because we say that often to try to motivate them to what we're trying to do by saying mm -hmm. just is to relieve the anxiety. It's not that hard, just get started. But what we fail to recognize sometimes is that there's a lot of steps in between that just, mm. between that getting started, there's a lot of steps. So it's actually, okay, can I find the assignment? Do I know what the assignment directions mean? Do I know how to actually then start with number one? Can I actually go and create the document and is my brain then telling me the whole time, this is going to take forever? Yes. Or is my brain telling me, I have to make this perfect because I have to get an A. And if I don't get an A, then I'm not going to get in college. And then my parents are going to be disappointed in me. And then the on and on and on cycle that can happen from that. Yeah. So when we're saying just get started, all of those triggers in the brain is happening. So what we want to do is catch the thoughts. We say here a lot that if you can catch it, you can change it. Mm. So what we want to do is to have the kids help recognize in themselves. What is that thought that I'm having that's making it harder to get started? Mm. And then we can start with the strategy of saying, okay, I'm assuming that it's going to take forever. I'm not going to disagree with you as somebody who's trying to help you. I'm not going to try to counter you and be like, no, Debbie, that's going to take only 10 minutes. You're, <laughs> you're wrong. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say, okay, let's look at this together. Let's see if we can tackle this together and let's look and see what our, we can figure out, how long it might take. Because then they feel like they have an ally next to them mm. in solving the problem. Let's look at a great place to start. You know, mm. what does this question mean, right? We always mm -hmm. talk about on-ramps. What is an on-ramp? An on-ramp is a way to safely get onto the freeway without killing yourself or others. And that's what we want to help kids do with assignments as well. Oh, what does the sentence say? So a lot of times what I find is that when I'm looking even at my own daughter's work, I find that the questions or the directions can be confusing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes kids really don't understand. Just get started. They look at the directions. They're like, ah, oh. or 
you know, they have to scroll back and forth and remember and use their working memory to remember the directions when they're at question three or question four. So how about externalizing those directions and putting them on a whiteboard next to them or, you know, on another piece of paper or on Google Keep so that you can constantly have those directions there when you're working through the documents. So what's a way that we can, as parents, help kids with the process piece of their work, which means getting started with some strategies, um, even using things called time timers, which here is a small one. We use them in our center, but basically they also help to. Yes. yes. <laughs> I got this from the last time I talked to you guys. <laughs> and that's perfect. And those are both great suggestions. So, you know, it helps the brain as Lindsay was saying, think, oh, I'm not working forever. I'm working for 10 minutes. And I'll just say one other thing, um, which is we also really believe in breaks. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things that we, when we interview kids and ask them what helps so much, what are some of the strategies that have really worked for them here? Oh, I get to take breaks. So every 25 or 30 minutes, depending on this, the kid's age, but certainly with tweens and teens, they should be just taking a brain break, not looking you know, on videos or getting on their phone, but getting up, getting some water, stretching, because kids sometimes they fight that because they don't feel confident in their ability to get started again. Yes. But we can give them strategies to do that, which is, you know, where are we going to start again when we get back up? Write that half a sentence, highlight that, you know, put, put something on it so we know how we're going to get started again to make it a little bit easier. Oh, I like that. So it's you're already kind of jump started what the next step is going to be so they don't have to worry about, oh, God, I got to get this started again. So for parents, when we're, we're struggling to get our kids started or to stay going, um, and we don't have necessarily the time to sit next to them the whole time and say, okay, or we want them to learn how to do it on their own, right? We don't want to be ending up doing it for them. I've even talked to parents who are like, I just did it for them because I just, I can't deal anymore. And it's like, okay, I, I get why, <laughs> but you know, we want to help them do it. So what are the best things we can do to kind of help them, but not do it for them or not have to hover? That's a great question because the temptation and what Debbie was referring to earlier is sometimes that our way of helping can come from a place of fear or anxiety of jumping in. And at the end of the day, and what I often say to kids is, no matter what, your parents love you and that's where it's coming from. They don't want to see you have any pain or hurt in your life. And that fear of having you have any pain or hurt from a, a failed grade or a disappointing grade can lead us to want to jump in and do for or do more. But there's also the reality that we don't have the time to sit right next to them and be there every waking minute. And we part of our jobs is to help them build the independence to be functional adults in the world, living alone. But so what we want to do is we can provide supports around the process of homework and not the content. Mm. So as Debbie was saying, here, here's some timers, a way a parent can help, then also can help open the door with a kid to say, here's some ideas. Someone was telling me today about some really cool timers. Let's pick out one that you like. Like this one's the time timer. It's red. There's also a teal one. There's the cube timer. There's the Alexa smart clock that you can put on the wall that has, let them have some choice in it. So then we're helping them with the structure, but we're not telling them and we're not doing it for them. Mm -hmm. 
the same way with what Debbie was saying about getting started, it can be like, okay, let's look at it. Let's dissect this prompt. Let's, oh, let me grab you a whiteboard and just putting it next to them or, oh, let me go grab you a stack of post-its. It's saying that I'm helping, but I'm not doing, and I'm not assuming that you can't do it on your own. That's where the wall comes up with a lot of students is because, oh, mom, you're helping, or oh, dad, you're helping because you're assuming that I can't. And that's not the message we're even trying or intending for them to receive, but that is how they're receiving it. And validating that it is hard. Um, mm -hmm. We sit here every day when kids come in, and the first thing we do is plan. And planning is in itself an initiation strategy. And when we plan with them, we go through every single one of their assignments um, and their subjects and then help them with kind of on-ramp strategies so that they feel that they know how to get started. Um, they also estimate about how long it will take. And I think what we found is a few things. Sometimes kids struggle with getting started is really that they haven't looked or previewed the assignment. It feels bigger in their head going back to what Lindsay was saying. And just understanding and validating that, you know what, we may not think it's hard, but we're grown adults with prefrontal cortexes that are fully mature. But they do think it's hard. It's like, yeah, sometimes it's hard. It's after school. You know, we're tired. We've had a long day. And it is, there is a lot of work. We see that kids come in with a lot of work that sometimes I'm thinking, oh my gosh, that's a lot of work. But the idea is that we really need strategies to help break it down, to feel that we have a way to get started, to take breaks in between, and just sit there and go, you know, I know this is really hard, but we're going to get, you know, we're going to just get through it together. Not necessarily we're doing the work, but maybe I'm sitting here and doing my work while you're doing yours. But relieving them of that big monster that's feeling, you know, like it's out there by helping them break it down a little bit, by helping them plan so that they know what's in front of them. I think one of the things I'm hearing too is this is all about teaching them skills and process and being able to figure it out on their own. And I'm not hearing any of, we need to get them to do straight A's. We need to get them to make sure that they're like getting everything completely done. Like this is about teaching them skills. And I, I hear from parents and I hear from teens. Teen, teens are coming to me saying, oh, all my mom or dad cares about is my grades. They ride me all the time. They're stressing me out. I can't even think anymore because every time I sit down to try to do something, they're popping their head in, asking me what I'm doing, and it's stressing me out, and I can't even get started. Or they don't understand what the process is. They just keep looking at what the outcome is. Mm -hmm. They're not saying specifically that word. I'm kind of phrasing that. Mm -hmm. And then the parents are coming to me. I can't get my team motivated. They won't do their work. I'm constantly having to ride them just to keep them going. What's happening here? And what can we do instead? Well, I love what you were saying about that. You're hearing two different sides of the coin, right? We're hearing it from students and we even hear it ourselves from parents too that say, we don't care about the grades. But how else do we measure metrics? How do we measure growth or progress? It's hard for, to sometimes see those progress in the process part of school. Yeah. And so that's what we wanna focus on here too, is just those watering those seeds of the process that we're seeing. And then what I love is that it's kind of like the field of dreams. Like if you build it, they will come. If you focus on the process, the grades will come. Mm. And I know that's easy for someone like me to say, who's not right now, that parent of that child in that moment. But if we focus on the process and take a step away and water those seeds of, oh, hey, you got started. That must feel so great to get started on something, even if it was last minute, mm -hmm. where we can unintentionally demotivate 
and actually be watering the weeds, what we don't want to grow is when we say, see, I told you it wasn't going to be so hard. See, you should have started early or the famous next time we're not going to, right? <laughs> because they're saying that to themselves too. Yeah. They are, they want to feel proud that like, yes, it was hard to get over that. The validation that Debbie was talking about is really important to say it is hard sometimes to get started. And you got started last minute. That's the seed we want to water is that you got started. Mm. And I'll say one other thing as a parent too, is that Dr. Cam, I can't tell you how important it is. And I hope that if you're out here listening as a parent, you're really, it is the tortoise and the hare. We can try to rush our kids to competency by forcing them to study harder and study longer when they don't really have the tools. But when they get into high school or if they get into college, they're not going to have that, those tools of how to take the right kinds of notes and annotate and break things down and really feel that they are confident. Because if you have an infrastructure of being able to initiate with strategies, being able to, as I said, take notes and do all of these things that help you, that's an infrastructure that's going to build and you're going to carry with you everywhere mm. you are. And you're going to have it in high school and college. And I'll tell you something, I went through that with my daughter and she feels so much more confident now going into high school because she knows she has incredible study skills. And no matter what that paper's coming at her, no matter what happens, you know, even though she might sometimes struggle with the content, she knows how to make a plan and chunk things down and work it over time. And then, you know, with all any project, we can get it done if we do it that way. What I'm hearing from you is what's more important to learn are the skills not the actual content. The content they're going to forget. I, I know I've forgotten pretty much everything, right? The content they forget, the skills they'll continue to have, and then whatever they need to learn in the future, even if it's something I suppose they already learned, they know how to go learn it. Right. Well, everyone That's, wants parent, I'm not sure to interrupt, but everyone wants their kids to have resilience. That means that, you know, one of the things that means is that I know I can handle things with the skills that I have just the way I am, right? Yeah. And if you can do that, if you have that pack of tools with you, you can do that. You take that and you build that confidence. You can do it. And we here, we say strategies and effort. IQ is a gift. And, but if you can't get to that content because you're, it's hard to get started or you waited to the last minute, then that IQ you have really doesn't help you. You need those skills just to get to the content. And then the IQ can you know, be a value because you can write that great paper because you can do well on that test. Right. But if you don't have those skills, then it's going to be hard to do that. And IQ, really, what is that measuring? If you're not able to use it, what good is it? You know, and if you're not necessarily born brilliant, but you have all these skills and can learn things, I mean, you can have any information you want and be able to learn anything, right? So I think that's so powerful. Um, and I just, I really love the whole, Lindsay, you were saying the water, the seeds, can you, can you go back into those, the seeds and the weeds a little bit and just explain that a little bit more what that is and how to, how do we focus on that? Of course. And we can both talk about it because it is such a, a topic that we are very, both very passionate about, but it is, it's think of that growing garden. And sometimes we can see the weeds surrounding those plants, but those are what we don't want to grow. What we give our attention to, what we give our time to is what we want to grow to. So even if there's the weeds surrounding our garden and there's missing work and there's not studying for tests or failed tests right now, those are those weeds there. But we want to grow some of those skills that we were referring to. We want to say we're growing the skill of 
self-advocacy, praising for them to go talk to their teacher was really hard about a missing assignment or a failed test. We want to praise them for getting started or using a strategy such as a timer or taking a break. Mm-hmm. Hey, they're changing up their habits and it's hard to change habits. So we want to water and praise and focus our attention on those seeds that we want to continue to water and grow so they can blossom into that resilience that we were talking about and that results that we were we talking about that are the reality, but we want to make sure as parents that we're focusing on those, those little yeah. nuggets. Even no matter and those nuggets are what they're doing. They're the effort. Cause I hear, you know, parents going, and again, I'm saying this because I know they're doing it from the right place and they're trying to encouraging it, but it's like, you're so smart. Of course you can figure this out. And that's like the surest way to ensure they're paralyzed and they're not going to want to do anything because now there's no room for failure. Mm-hmm. Right. And now there's, there's nothing they can do that controls being smart. What did they do? But when you're, what you're saying is we're watering the seeds of what they're doing, the effort they're making, the things that they're like progressing in, those are the things they have control over. And those are the things that will encourage them to continue doing it. Cause now you're like, see this little bit of progress. Yay. And we're watering the seeds as Lindsay said of the skills that we want to grow. That's going to build that resilience in that base. And Dr. Cam, I'd like to share one practical Please. real life story about watering the seeds. So um, my daughter actually came to me with very, very upset because her science teacher had um, given some criti- constructive criticism on her study guide. Now, my daughter, who really is an excellent in strategy and effort, um, she can rush through things. And she wanted me to validate that I understood how upset she was about this. And my first reaction inside my head was, oh my God, I know she rushed. I know that isn't good enough. Oh my gosh, she's not going to do well on the test. But I didn't react that way. I caught myself and I texted her and said, that must've been really difficult to say, you know, get that criticism to hear that. And we kind of went back and forth and I just kept pushing myself to validate, you know, what can we do about it? You know, what do you think your options are? So she went to one of her other teachers that she trusts and asked her what to do. And her teacher, you know, this advisor actually uh, um, suggested that she write. So she advocated for herself and said, look, my study guide may not make sense to you, but the way it's the way I learn and really was helpful for me to be able to have these. And the woman wrote, you know what? I really think that makes sense. Um, I understand I'm a visual learner. And so I do understand that. But I do think that in these areas, there might have been some rushing. And so my daughter actually went back and redid the study guide. And at the end of the night, literally at the end of the night, I said to her, hmm, you think it's probably fair to say that there was a little bit right on each side that you were excellent because you self-advocated and you shared with her how you learned best. And now she knows that. But maybe she was right that there were some areas that you rushed a little bit. And that you feel that you now maybe know this a little bit better. And she says, yeah, pretty much. And to me, that's the perfect story. And this literally happened yesterday. Oh, wow. It's perfect story and of, of like how we water seeds. Because hmm. what I want is that child. I want that child. I don't want the child that feels that when she brings me the problem, I'm on top of her going, oh, you know, you, you should be doing heart more on that because then is she going to bring me the problem again? No. Yeah. Or that you would jump in and solve the problem for her. 
that's another area that we unintentionally demotivate our kids all the time is that we think we're helping, but then it's sending that message to her that she couldn't solve it or she didn't have the skills or that we were assuming that we needed to take the reins and do that. We didn't. Debbie right. as a parent, you know, we didn't need it. As I a wanted parent. to, I really <laughs> wanted to. And I, I'm so happy you shared that too, because you do this every day and you still are having those instinctual like jumps. So we're not saying you're not going to think this. I mean, we all do. The difference is we become very mindful that we're thinking this mm-hmm. and we start learning to stop ourselves or we say it and then we can go back and be like, okay, that wasn't helpful. Let me go back and do another way, right? And so we're learning too our own skills of being able to help them more effectively. Yeah, it's that whole idea of being anxious and I can be anxious for her and I can recognize that and be supportive. Mm-hmm. That's I think great. that's what we're always trying with, with kids that are anxious. I can be anxious and brave at the same time. Yeah. It doesn't mean the fear is going to go away. My fear of her not doing well on the test is still there. But I do feel that it's a happier ending than where it might have been if I had jumped in and defended her teacher and made her feel not great about herself. Yeah. And I love the, you know, referencing our own fear, because I think that's when we if we're starting to panic about our kids schoolwork, that's something that we need to stop and reflect. Why are we panicking? What are we what are we afraid of? You know, and, and let's really get real about what does that really mean? And are we like catastrophizing this whole situation, which is then putting all this pressure and making them feel like, you know, weighted down when it's not even necessary. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a big piece of that. Okay. So there's so much great information here. How do people find you and work with you guys? Well, we are at (laughs) www.thestudypro.com or info at thestudypro.com. Um, We also have a Facebook page, which I'm sure you'll share. Um, I think study book, study study pro McLean. You can see our great sign here. Yeah. Um, And we also have, you know, great information on our website. So I think you were going to share it. We have a a quick guide to executive function and study skills, which explains a lot of this. And we have with that um, on the link that uh, we provided to Dr. Kim, we have that a webinar of us talking about each specific executive function because sometimes mm-hmm. parents really want to know how, what are executive functions, how they can be a cheerleader for their students, watering the seeds, as we talked about for developing each specific executive function. Um, and it's not as important that you remember exactly what each executive function is, but just remembering that when your students are having challenges, there's always a missing skill behind that. And let's try to help provide strategies to shore that skill up so that we're helping them and be solution oriented as Lindsay and I always talk about rather than, you know, as some of the things we covered today. So we hope to hear from you guys. We have courses this summer, um, study skills, as well as writing courses, because writing is of course very executive function heavy Mm -hmm. and process oriented. Um, And we also do one-to-one coaching of course all year round. This is great. And it is, it's about why, are they not motivated? Why are they having trouble? So when we just try to make them do it, we're not addressing that why. And you guys address the why. You figure it out and you give them the tools. That is so incredibly helpful. Any part, I mean, that was just parting words right there, but any words of encouragement for parents with teens? Because we all know we need as much encouragement as possible. 
<laughs> my encouragement would be to validate that this is hard, that we're all doing the best we can. It is biologically natural for them to be pulling away and to resisting the support that they're you're trying to give them right now. That doesn't mean they're going to always hate you. They will be your best friend again in their twenties. It will be okay, but it, I understand right now it is hard and reach out when you need that help. And we're the adults. So we need to, you know, constantly rethink and monitor our emotions because Mm. there's no piece of homework that is worth any type of friction between you and your child or, hurting the relationship between you and your child. And I have lived it. So I promise you, uh, especially with my older one, who is in a great position right now, you know, as I kind of said from the beginning, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And all of you who are going through challenging times right now, I think if we stick to the strategy effort, watering the seeds and monitoring ourselves to make sure that we, they understand that we're here as their allies. Yep. At- oh, and it's an alarm. I love it. it works. There. <laughs> we'll be there there'll be success. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to reiterate one little thing you said, too, that I think kind of sums this all up. There's no piece of homework that is worth sacrificing your relationship with your team. Mm -hmm. That is exclamation point right there. Right. Love that. (laughs) Thank you guys so much, Deb and Lindsay, for joining me today. I'm so grateful. Thank thank you. you for having us. We really had fun. And thank you, parents, for taking time out of your busy day to spend with us. If you want to learn even more about how to connect with your teen and calm the drama, be sure to join me on Tuesday evenings for the Parenting Teens Power Hour. And also, if you enjoyed the episode and all the amazing nuggets that Deb and Lindsay shared with us today, please take a quick moment to rate and review. This helps other parents like you find the show. Feel free to share it with a friend as well and have a calm, positive peaceful day. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today on Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. Make sure to visit my website, www.askdrcam.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show again. While you're at it, If you found value in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes and hey, why not share it with a friend too? Be sure to tune in to my next episode. And remember, parenting teens may not be easy, but with my help, it can be a whole lot easier than this.